today on Inside the Ropes, when a little bit of Augusta National is just never enough, you've come to the right place. It's Masters Week. Let's go. You're listening to Inside the Ropes, Australia's must-listen-to golf show with exclusive content from both home and abroad. Subscribe now through your favourite podcast app. G'day, golf fans. Wherever you might be joining us from, welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 202. One of the great weeks of the year. Didn't Doesn't seem that long ago that we were here doing this in a, kind of an odd Augusta week of the year. It is the Masters and always a great time for golf fans. We're going to talk about that with Ben Everill in a moment. Grace Kim's going to join us. Mark Hayes is here. Hello, Hazy. Hello, Mari. I, I finding that unlike some other tournaments on the American schedule, that I'm getting more and more enamoured with the Masters every year. And I think the Masters channel on Fox Sports mm, actually it helps pumps that along a little bit. Tell Martin, Martin Blake joins us as well. It's a three-header today. Hello, Blakey. G'day, Andy. Why is it, Hazy? Why, and are you sharing his view? The older you get, the more in love with Augusta and the Masters you become? Yeah, I suppose so. I was reading, you know, there's a few cynics around, aren't they? There's a few things that, about Augusta that you could, you could mm-hmm. definitely pick at. <laughs> you know, there's a bit of, they lay it on pretty thick, don't they, sometimes? But apart from that, you know, the course itself is incredible. Uh, the fact that they go back there every year, you mm. just know every shot and story. every corner, yeah. even as a watcher, yeah. whether you've been there or not, you know, every little nuance and, you know, yeah. which way the putts break almost, you know, so... Uh, it's something special, I, I think. So I'm not too cynical about it. I, I, I love it. It's, I, I do too. I'm yeah, so the same. It, it's the sto- that's the point. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head on a whole lot of fronts, and we could dive deeper into some of the um, reasons that Augusta National might may have a, a little kind of thread pulled here and a, and a little chink in its armour exposed there if you want to. We could do that for a couple of hours one day. But just purely from the golf tournament perspective, which – most of us spend most of our time when it comes to this week focusing on. It's the story of every shot. You know, every, now that we've got full course coverage mm. and we've had that for a while, um, we know where to miss, where not to miss. We know what's a treacherous shot. We know what's a safe leave. We, we know all that now. And it's, it's, the, it, it, it's, it's the advantage of having um, a great tournament with great players at the same course, on the same holes by and large, um, every single year. It, it's the magic of it. It is. It's magical. There's not much else you can say. It's magical. Hmm. I, 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 this is the one that I'll get up to watch the, the live pre-chat. You know, I'll, I'll even listen to Brandel Chambly. Bikes on the range. Yeah, yeah, on the range. I'll even listen to that rubbish. That's how, that's how in, into it I am. But yeah. I, my challenge here today, Andy, is to see whether Blakey can get through the podcast without regaling anyone of um, his trip around the, the famous links. <laughs> Can I, There's thousand, no chance of that. A thousand and one, he won't. There's no chance Hang of on. that. A thousand and one, he won't. Does that mean he will or he won't? A thousand and one, he will. No, no, no. I'm not giving a thousand and one of those odds. You as will. you very well know, Hazy, yeah. Andy hasn't played there. So. Oh, <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> Gee whiz. Hey, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the first... Uh, <laughs> does it does it at all? Is there any is there any part of the 2021 Masters experience diminished at all by the fact that we were there in September last year? Was it September? It was, November. Uh, it was November. No, November. No, no, November. November. November uh, last year. Is it at all diminished? No. No. I don't think so. In fact, I'm actually more intrigued as to how they've got it back up from the sort of I wouldn't say sodden but wet. Yep. Mess that it could have been last year. They actually did really well to get that tournament around, to be honest. Mm. 
Um, but I'm fascinated, Andy, to see what they do in terms of setup, whether they make it hard and bouncy and think there's no way, Dustin Johnson, that you're getting back to 20 under. Because mm. I don't think they had the strings that were so pullable back in November. I think the rain had made that, you know, let's just get it around and, you know, to hell with the final score. But rest assured that Masters people, the Green Jackets, don't want it to become a scoring festival at Augusta probably National. Helped. It probably helped DJ, you know. That might have been one of the... In the um, wash-up to the late-year Masters last year, his ability just to pound it, you know, on long straight lines and carry corners and all the rest of it without the ball rolling out and running off and, you know, trickling into all of those things that it can do. Um, it, it, in, the, in the aftermath of his triumph there last year, um, it, it probably helped Johnson as much as, it, you know, the long hitters and he, he being primary amongst them. Um, it, it probably helped him as well, much well, as Well, it played yeah. long, didn't it? So, mm. yeah. And we've got uh, former world number one Jordan Spieth is going to be a factor this year, it would appear. Yes. That, that's, that's going to be a story storyline so, for the week as so, well. So we could, we could start well, – well, we should start our wrap of the week talking about the A&A. But, but before we do, let's talk about Texas because you've just mentioned Spieth and by virtue of him winning his first tournament in over three years in pretty comprehensive fashion – um, he had to make it. There was a moment in his on his back nine early. Must have been the eleventh, I reckon. He made about a ten footer for par on on about eleven or twelve. Forgive me for if I got the hole wrong. And it was just it was that that was a clutch moment for him. We know how good he is at getting it up and down, and we know how much trouble he's had with the driver, knowing where, whether it's going left or right in recent times. But it was once he. He maintained a two-shot lead at that stage, and then he just booted it home like the you know world-class player that he clearly is. Um, feels like that might have been a fairly significant mental hurdle for him to overcome. Well, we've actually got him speaking here, and if we should play it now, mm. actually, of, of how much it clearly meant to him to break through and and just get the monkey off the back before it became something far more substantial. A lot of times, I wasn't sure, you know, if if I'd be here with you, you know talking to you about this right now um you know i never really doubted in myself to be able to kind of you know get back to where i wanted to go but when you lose confidence it's a lot of a lot of times it's hard to see the positive going forward and just kept my head down i owe a lot of people thanks i can't wait to tell them um it's not it's a it's a team and it's a team effort and i've been blessed to work with the best in the world um at everything that they do so uh this is a this is a monumental win for me it's one that you know, i've certainly thought about for a long time Clearly mm. emotional, mm. Andy. Mm. Like you can tell that it wasn't just a run-of-the-mill tour win. Obviously in his home state, but when people start talking about it, even those who, in inverted commas, don't read the paper, end up hearing about what everyone else is saying. Mm. And you know, when when you don't win for three years, four years, and you've been the clearly the best player on the world for a couple of years in the middle teens here, uh, that's hard work mm. mentally. Eighty-two starts without a win, uh, Andy. And one thing I find interesting, he. A couple of things. He was 78th in driving accuracy across the week. So when he was playing well and, and getting the results that he had four or five years ago, he was never an awesome hitter, really. No, no. He's a scorer. Yep, yep. He gets it up and down from any, nowhere. He puts it, puts it in from anywhere. So he's a scoring player, and he's got that back somehow. Mm. Um, the other interesting thing I find, Hazy, is that Jordan Spieth is a class act. He has gone through all this and he's been to hell really into in a, a golfer's hell. He never got rid of anyone. He never got rid of Cameron McCormack, mm. his Aussie coach. 
he stuck with Michael Greller, his longtime caddy and friend. He just he didn't try to change too much. He mm. just stuck at it, and he's got it back. And he, he will be a factor this week, I'd imagine. So Steve Elkington put out a tweet. I haven't got it in front of me. I could easily look at it. But it was basically all of that. And Elkington said, from an observational perspective, clearly, just like you and I and the rest of us listening, but he said all he's got to do is hit enough fairways. If he hits enough fairways, they can't beat him. His ability to get it up and down and his desire for the fight when he gets in the cut and thrust of contention He's unparalleled. There's no one on the planet now that Tiger's where he is. There's no one left who fights like Jordan Spieth. That that was, you know, I'm sort of paraphrasing Elkington's observation of Spieth. But that sort of goes to what you're talking about, Blakey. That, that's sort of who he is. That's what he is. And um, in a scrap, um, if it gets to that, um, you, you wouldn't want to be on too many others, I don't reckon, coming in. If it gets to that. You wouldn't want to be on too many others on Sunday if it's if he's there at the pointy end. Winning form's good form, and he's got that record at Augusta National. Uh, it's crippling to a lot of people. Mm. You know, the when you when you get down to, I'm not even sure where it would be, but maybe you get through the fifteenth, the you know the long par five, and you and you think, here here we go. Mm. I've got the par three, brutal par four, and then an even harder par four to finish, mm. and the green jackets on the line. That's when he does his best work. Exactly, and I think that you know history is littered with people who've double bogeyed uh, seventeen, mm. uh, limped home. Um, there's a lot of people who won't go the mental distance. Mm. You don't have to worry about that with speed. No, um, we'll talk about the Australians with Benny Everett, who's going to join us after the break. Um, interesting story about Adam uh, uh, Jason Day too, that has been running in Golf Week this week about his arguably the most famous green jacket that was almost his back in 2011 Eleven. when that Schwartz was on debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was nearly giving the game away at 23 before he teed it up in that tournament, he said. Such. What? I don't want to make it a, you know, Martin Blake, me, me at Augusta sort of style operation here, Andy, but that week, it was my first time in Augusta as well. Mm-hmm. And I just was mesmerized by all the things going on around me. And I literally turned around. I did this with Tom Watson as well, but I literally at one stage turned around and bumped into Fuzzy Zeller, who was the last person to win on debut back mm. in the late 70s. And we just chatted, you know, just golf fans chatting. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I said, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions for a story? And he went on to say that um, Cole Swatton would be a, um, a detriment on Jason Day's bag that week, um, that he needed someone with experience at Augusta National, otherwise he's no chance at all. So that's a story in mm. any journo's mind at all. You know, taking your own coach as caddy over a local is going to cripple your chances of winning. That's a story. Mm. I put it in and God, they absolutely ripped me the camp. They ripped me for three or four days. I had no concept what, what how they would take that. I think they tried. The day camp did. The day camp, yeah. Swatton was not happy and Ali Day was not happy and the manager was filthy and all this sort of stuff. And I, I think there was a lot of pressure on, that was that week. Mm. Um and in reality, he didn't start brilliantly, but he roared home. He yeah. was shot, he was sort of 64, maybe 64, day two. Yeah, second round he did, yeah. And then he, he had an absolute mozza of birdies on the back nine Sunday, mm. but just Charles Schwartzel had that day of his life, which we'll all sort of, you know, Ooh. ruminate over. Yeah, yeah. But that was one of the all-time great masters. Um, it's amazing to think that he wouldn't have experienced that if he'd, uh, you know, pulled the pin. Mm. Okay, there's a couple of things there we'll get back to. Um 
the ANA, the um, major championship for the women um, on the weekend, Paddy Tavatanakit wins it from Thailand. That's How do pretty, I go? Well, I'm giving you an eight. And by your standards, probably an eleven. I have real issues with the Thai surnames for some reason. I I, I love them; they're beautiful. They're beautiful names, but they but just don't suit my brain. I think the guru Christina Lance from the LPGA tells mm. us that with the Thai names, just go with the phonetic. It's yeah. pretty much Tavatanic. Tavatanic. There you go. Isn't that what I just said? Yeah. You got a bit. You you nervous? Yeah, I was a nervous first time around. I tell you what, she's a go. superstar. I know so, that. I think it's eleven greens on that course. She is unbelievable. Hazy, it, Twenty-one it, years old. Amazing. And it, we'll talk to Grace Kim later on about her time at the Augusta National mm. Women's Amateur. I read a great story about um, Paddy. Let's call her Paddy, Andy. Tavitanicate, Hazy. Have a go, mate. Oh, very good. Tavitanicate. Very you. good. Thank you. Uh, how she had the opportunity to play the first uh, ANWA mm. in 2019 and gave it up because she thought this represented the ANA inspiration represented her best chance to win a major. And she wanted to go and have the experience and brace herself for when it was fair income. Wow. So she turned her back on something that she really wanted to do in order that she could prepare herself for this week. And here she is yeah, in a second year on tour, but still technically a rookie because of what went down last year. She's an amazing player. So averaged uh, 323 yards off the tee. I beg your pardon. Three, two, three for the week. Three, two, three. God almighty. Yeah, she hits she really... miles. Uh, she, as Andy pointed out, hit 84% of greens. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's a winning formula. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's flicking it to the green yeah, every well, that's, time. Yeah, I didn't know she was that far. Yeah. I mean, she did come from uh, nowhere at all, uh, Hazy. I mean, I hadn't heard much about it, but when you look at it, she she played at college. She won three times on the Symmetra tour, before, which got her onto the, to mm. the main tour. So, you know, she's been... Coming through for a while, but she just looked so calm. And Lydia Ko threw the you know everything at her on the last day. I mean, Lydia Ko. Uh, the, the other takeaway from that week was that Lydia Ko is back, big, big time. Twenty nine, um, the front nine, ten under the round, sixty two. Okay. You know, I mean, at one stage there's only two shots of difference. Yeah, mm. and Ko posts her score. So you know, uh, Tavatanaka kit. I'm not quite quite as good as Andy there. Thank you. Uh, she she had to. Uh, come home through those difficult stretch of holes with the water on the last hole to get through as well. So impressive leap into it too. As confident as as confident to jump into the pond as we've seen from a winner in the last ten years, I reckon. Well, you know what else she did, Andy, in 2019. She went and took a photo of that and posted on her Instagram and said something like one day. Good on her. She took a photo of Poppy's pond and said one day. Yeah. I just that I just really admire that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hannah Green tied 14. Gabby Ruffles tied 19. Another fantastic Impressive. performance. Yeah, Impressive. Incredible. Uh, Minji tied 25. Sue misses the cut. Sarah misses the cut. Did we get – have I got all the girls who made the Catherine, cut? Catherine missed Catherine. the cut. Catherine, yeah. So, Sarah Camp. Um, yeah, so Green, Ruffles and Lee, top 25, finishes all of them. Ruffles is noteworthy, I reckon. So, Hazy, what does she have to do, Gabby Ruffles? She doesn't have LPGA membership, so she's basically playing on these invitations to try and – Get a card. What does what does she need to do? Go in the. Is, I think it's in the top eighty. I'm not sure of the number of yeah. invites that she gets. Like the men's is more defined, um, but she needs to finish definitely top hundred and ideally in the top eighty by the end of the, uh, the the schedule this year on the money list, and then she'll be right to get a card that way. Otherwise, she'll be a walk up start to the Q's final school. stage mm. of Q. I, I reckon she'll just play away on the tour. Oh, it she, feels she's like that, that doesn't it? Yeah, it feels yeah. like that. I'll tell you one thing, Andy. Before we leave the A and A. Yep. yep. We, we've we've managed to talk about it through no fault of the broadcasters 
in the United States ranking the dirty Texas Open above it as, oh, a, yeah. as a priority. Ridiculous. That's a disgrace. Yep. That is a disgrace. I know it's Spieth. I get it. It is a just a run-of-the-mill tour tournament. This is the women's major first mm. of the year. That's a mistake. We can, we can live without watching Charlie Hoffman and Cameron Tringale for a week, I reckon. Uh, you know, fuck. I reckon we can uh, live without that. One K Webb wasn't all that thrilled about No, that. and nor should she be. Her tweets. No, 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 yeah. nor should she be. And I, yeah. I want her to do more of that. Yeah. I want Kari to really start flexing her muscle and um, be, be an agent of change. She was, she was so in the zone, I think, as a player um, that, we, that we only on occasions got a sense for her broader view. I think we're starting to see it now from Kari Webb. I think it's outstanding that she's wading into those waters. I agree. Good on her. And keep an eye on Marina Alex on social media too. Yeah. She doesn't mince words. Uh, Corn Ferry, uh, Gabby's brother, tied 31. Brett Coletta, tied 31. Brett Druitt, tied 26. Harry Endicott, tied 17. The German beat Lipsky in the Stefan Jaeger. Uh, the bomb, the meister. I like the guru, that. whatever you want to call I like him. the meister. There you go. He uh, wins the playoff there. Why don't we get a break out of the way? Let's cross to America after this. Benny Everill's going to give us a sense for uh, how the Australians are shaping up um, in particular. He's going to join us on the other side of this. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. With Australian Golf Media, you're back Inside the Ropes. Great to have you with us. A huge week. Just in case you're listening to us on the radio or are listening to the podcast Sometime after it has been recorded. We are recording it on Tuesday morning, as is our want. So if you are listening to us on the weekend, you're wondering why we're not doing score updates, uh, we can't time shift. I wish we could, but we can't. So that is the explanation for all of that. Ben Everill's about to join us. Uh, rattle through the five Aussies who are actually turning it up uh, at Augusta this week. Who's, who's got the names? Oh, Blakey, I think um, we've got five live chances, which is always the main thing you want to look out for. Headed probably by Adam Scott by virtue of his 2013 win. Who do you reckon? I, yeah, I, I reckon the other blokes. I would have said Cam Smith. Yep. Yep. You know, Andy, that Cam Smith is now the top-ranked Australian player for the first time. He jumped to number 30 this week from 32, mm. and uh, Adam Scott dropped down to 32. So Cam Smith's now the number one player, and I reckon that's about right at the moment. So, Scott Day, Smith, Leishman. And Matt Jones. Matty Jones. Matty Jones. Who's, uh, would you believe, Andy, 60, 55 in the world, mm. pl- defending no points here, and he's on the verge of playing Olympics, I reckon. Mm. He right. only has to do something pretty good in the next in the next couple of major championships, and he'll be on the are Olympic you, team. Are you gunning for a chef de Michon type um, <laughs> position, are you? You are mentioning the Olympics an awful lot these days. Well, <laughs> You are gunning for a spot on the official team, aren't you? I can't. Cut down my AOC colleagues, Andy, but you just never know. Yeah, you never know. Ben Everill joins us. He's over there on the ground living in Jay Monahan's house. Uh, <laughs> this is extraordinary set of circumstances that have prevailed here. Hello, Benny. How are you, mate? Yeah, doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to another big week for the Aussie boys. Have you got, are you like Blakey? Have you got Cam Smith at the top of your Australian contingent as the, the Australian most likely? I have just submitted my expert picks for PGAtour.com, and my winner is Cameron Smith. I'm going all in on Smitty. I've talked to him a few times. I just think, I actually think the way he was knocked out of match play by Poulter has revved him up even further, and he, he may just well produce something even better than he did a few months ago. Wow. What's that done to him? Tell us, take, we'll read the piece, obviously, but just give us a pricey of. Um, what being beaten by Ian Porter's done to Cam Smith's mindset? Well, I just think that he loves the big stuff. He loves when it's when 
the, you know, you're under the pump and under the gun. And he felt like he had done enough for the big finish there. And, and then he was reminded that, you know, you give someone half a sniff, which he had done to Poulter, giving him a lead, even though he came with his good stuff, you can still lose. And, and I think it was just a timely reminder that, you know, he had his pretty good stuff against DJ and was held off as well. But if he's there and thereabouts the whole way around Augusta National this week, he might be the one out in front and dictating terms. And I think he's just revved up to do that. Well, he's obviously comfortable there. We know that. He plays well around the place, so we'll watch his space. Hey, Ben, can you take me back? We earlier in the show referenced a piece that Golf Week are running this week about your great mate, Jason Day, and um, 2011, 23-year-old, you know, one of the rising stars in world golf, um, approaching the week of the Masters that year, which he almost won. Um, but Jason was talking about the fact that so poor had his form been and so poor had his golf been coming in that he was so disenchanted that he was thinking about giving the game away, actually retiring, going and doing something else. Can, is that is it, is his recollection of that the way you remember it to be? Yes, uh, to an extent. He got a kick up the bum um, by Swatto, Ellie, Ellie mostly actually, and Bud Martin at the time when he was moaning and carrying on like some 23-year-olds do about how things just weren't... He was trying so hard and things weren't coming out his way. Uh, and they sort of kicked him in the in the rear end and told him to pull his head out of his own you-know-what. Uh, and he went out there and, and obviously got put in a featured group with Rory and Ricky Fowler the first two days uh, there. Played really well, went low, had a great chance, um, and all of a sudden his love for everything was back. And... Um, <laughs> The funniest moment for me was at the, the next major pre-US Open, which he would also finish second at Congressional. Uh, he was sitting in his bus and we're sitting there and we're talking about whatever and he told me that he was going to quit the game. Now he's going to wait till he was world number one and win a major, then he might quit. And then it went to 30 and then it's gone to 40 and now 50. But at the time, he was sitting there telling me this story and he was looking at his computer screen and clicking and, and uh, like getting distracted. And it turned out what he was doing was refreshing his bank balance on the online, <laughs> um, oh you know, online bank, and just in shock at how much money he had. And I think that might have been part of the reason he realised it wasn't a good idea to quit as well. So, so, so that that's. I'm going to leap forward to now again, and maybe these two boys will go back. But he talks in the same piece about still having that desire to get back to number one, and and knowing what he knows now about. Um, the journey and and um, the how coveted that position is, he'll he'll hang on to it harder, more next time. I know you're a, you're a friend of his, but you're also a golf writer and a golf broadcaster. Can you see him getting back to number one in the world? Potentially, yes. Um, I think what's happened here is Jason got to number one. He did it so well. He then all of a sudden had this period of whoa, this is too much, this is too hard, and almost um, you know, subconsciously self-sabotaged himself again when he was at the top, thinking that if I just you know, maybe back it off a little and concentrate on the family I've got coming these days, I won't be in the spotlight as much and I won't have to do as much and you know, I'll still be great. Uh, of course, then it's gone much further back than he may have thought that would have been in those last five years. And now he really realises what, He's missing. You know, you don't you don't understand what you're missing until it's gone, sort of thing. And mm. he's like, oh, I want to get back there, and I want to embrace it, and I want to do it differently. Uh, he's just got to get everything sorted. And um, he's shifted. Uh, one of the things I just sort of sent him story wise off the back of listening to him talk about those things 
that I've written about before, but wanting to do something new. We, we, he's uh, unable to practice as much as he used to be, as we know, with his injuries and whatnot. And he's got a fourth kid due, you know, late May, early June, so all sorts of stuff going on at home as well. But he's reinvigorating his mental game, which, as you guys know, he spent a lot of time when he was younger doing a lot of brain training and different things and visualisation. He's going back to that, and he feels like that could be a, a difference maker for him. So, so what sort of nick do you reckon he's in coming in to this week? Uh, I wished him a little bit today. Uh, I think he is a smoky, if you will. I think he's a genuine chance. He's actually, talking about world rankings, he's 52nd in the world. He's never been worse ranked coming into a Masters. Even his first one, he was 42nd in the world going in. He's never been further bit down the list. And, you know, you can get 50 to 1 or more, 70 to 1 I saw in some markets. So I wouldn't be scared to throw a little on that. Um, you know, hard and fast conditions. If it doesn't rain, it might rain later in it. But if it doesn't, it's already at, like, today's conditions were like a normal Thursday. Scotty was shocked. He was like, this is ridiculous. Because usually, as you guys know, they, they sort of leave it a little bit slower in the early part of the week and then really ramp it up. I think there's a reaction to the the uh, Dustin Johnson runaway in November, and we will be lucky to see double big thunder par if it doesn't rain here. Hey, he's just nodding his head very happily because that's exactly what he suggested just before you came on, uh, Benny. Uh, and uh, I bet some of your colleagues won't be surprised to see you've tipped an Australian to win. <laughs> no, that's definitely the case. They, uh, you know, and look, the bottom line is it's about time we had another mullet in the green jacket, though, right? <laughs> like Bernhard Langer in the eighties was the last one. Smitty's mullet's just on fire. And people <laughs> are loving it over here as well. And I think it would be a great scene. Just wondering whether you DJ. Just wondering if you've uh, run into Matty Jones at all because <sighs> Matty Jones played himself into the field with his win a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, I have a sort of sneaking feeling that he might go okay. What do you what do you think? And have you sort of seen him at all? Yeah, he played a practice round um today as well. He was with uh, Will Zalatoris who went a few holes with Matty and then we spoke afterwards. Um, obviously, last time he was in here, he got in as the last guy in with a playoff victory at Houston uh, right before and literally slept on Kevin Stadler's couch the first night. So it was a whirlwind. The Monday was rained out that year. You know, he had no preparation uh, essentially and missed the cut quite easily. But this time around, he's had plenty of preparation. He's feeling very confident. Um, I spoke to his coach actually just before you guys, Gary Barter, and I had a chat from his back there in Australia. We spoke a little at length on his chances. And another one who, you know, the course fits his style of play if he can get his best stuff. And, you know, he obviously had that in Florida the other uh, last month. He brings that. There's no reason why he can't be uh, that surprise packet that's up there really. Like, you know, we know that he's got the skills, but... Uh, Hazy, you'd remember in 13 when Leishman was leading in the first round and, and the Americans were going on like it was some aberration. That this guy, who is this guy? Um, I, I, I sense that Jones could do that as well. He could be the Charlie Hoffman this year that starts hot and is up near the first round lead. I, just, I agree wholeheartedly and I think he's playing with house money in a lot of respects, Benny. I just think he's got free reign to do whatever he, whatever, you know, overcomes, whatever, you know, happens for him. He's just going to take it and run with it. I I don't think he can win, but it wouldn't surprise to see his name on, you know, high up on the leaderboard late on Sunday. Yeah, and look, we had a really good chat, and I haven't um, transcribed this out or written a story yet, but we just talked about the evolution of his game in terms of we know he's the fastest guy in golf, basically, the way he plays, and we love that about him. 
But where the evolution's come is his ability to not be annoyed by the others around him that aren't. Um, you know, back in the old days, he'd get near the final end, final groups and, and sort of struggle if things weren't at his pace. Uh, now he's been able to put that aside and uh, that's sort of been his growth. And he's also just older and more mature and, you know, a dad and 40 years old now. And he's like, you know, I thought I'd have many more chances when I got here seven years ago. But I'm here now, seven years later, knowing that take them, make the most of it, enjoy it, uh, have fun, and that's what I intend to do. And I think that's, like you said, house money for him. And with that mindset, if he keeps that going and shrugs off any issues that happen during his rounds, he, he, he could be up there. So if he does, we know there's form uh, around him, or, or the other four have all had you know some great days, and one of them's actually won it. So... Uh, they all feel pretty comfortable there. Matty Jones will be, if he can find his feet quickly uh, and do what you three are suggesting he might be able to do, then um, it's a contingent of Australian players there who will and have had good memories uh, of playing their golf at Augusta National. As Benny will know, Andy, we've had eight, nine players there in the past, mm. including amateurs, et cetera. Yep. And you know as much as you want a barrack for all eight and nine, in reality, there's four or five who are there. Uh, this time we got five live chances. Mm, mm. I'm not like Mark Leishman's not in the best form of his career, but it could come back at any tick of the clock. Uh, he's very happy with that place. It sets, sets up well for his game. Mm. And I, look, we've got five guys, none of whom would be in total shock if they if they were right there on Sunday. And I think that's great for us. Hey Ben, um, thanks mate. You're always really generous with your time, particularly around you know these major championships. Uh, go and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and. Uh, we'll all be very envious uh, once the first ball gets struck in a couple of days' time, mate. Uh, appreciate uh, your time. We'll be reading your work. Thanks for um, thanks for joining us. No worries, boys. And Hazy, as you know, mate, it's got a smell of 2013. There are only four Aussies that year, and they all contended, mate. So Oof. we can have that again with these five. There you go. Shiver up the spine. Ben Everill, international golf correspondent, joining us on Inside the Ropes. So he's tipping Cameron Smith to win it uh, around the table, starting with you, Hazy. One, two, three, please. Oh, wow, just straight off the bat. One, two, like three. Come on. Well, whew, I actually really like Adam Scott still. So, so Scott I, to win? No, 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 not to. But oh, I'm, I'm, if you're going to put an Australian in my three, I'm one, not, two, three. Who's going right, to win? Right. Who's going to run second? Who's going to run third? Wow, this is brutal. I told you we we're going to do this. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't ready. Yeah, all right. I, I think I, I think that uh, Justin Thomas, Ooh. unfortunately, is going to be right there. <coughs> Thomas to win? Um, I, I, look, I've had my coat tugged here. I think Cam Smith can probably mix it with Scotty. So, so put, Australian, Australian's filling the trifecta. Yeah, and... I'm gonna. We, no one's mentioned well, him that's here. Three. Which is Thomas Smith. No, no, Scott. no, no. no I'm, not, I'm gonna. I'm gonna plump for for Smith over Scott. But okay. I'm, I'm going to give the a name that amazingly, like five months ago, we couldn't stop saying his name, and now he's not even been mentioned, and we're two and a half hours into this podcast. Bryson DeChambeau, big Bryson, and no one's mentioned him, and and I don't know why. And if I had to, if I'm having a fourth, Andy, your man is always there, Xander Shawfly. Right, yeah. Okay, so you, can I do, you mentioned about six names there. Yeah, sorry. Thomas one, Smith two, Bryson three. Yep. Right. What about you? Hayes has been looking over my notes. Oh, so. Thomas. Oh, I, I think Thomas. Uh, I reckon Thomas just at the moment is probably the best guy out there. So, okay. uh, gee, I can't see why he would go through his career and not win the Masters. He's so good. Sung JM, I, I fancy a bit nice. this week, putting yep. well. Uh, you know, he could go really well, and I'll throw Smithy, Cam Smith in.
the third spot. I did have a look at Victor Hovland as well, but um, it, it's open. It's, very it's hard. obviously open because Dustin Johnson's a little bit off the boil just at the moment, yeah, so that, that that opens it up a little. Bit. Uh, speed to run third. We've all got Smith running a spot. I've got him running second, and there's a bloke who's finished uh, top twenty here seven times. He was tied fifth last year when we were here against a run of poor form. Uh, he's won four major championships, and he has won a major championship since 2014. He needs this to cap off the slam. Oh, my God. McElroy. He will win. He'll win it. McElroy. This is his year. McElroy wins it this year. What a story that'll be. Wow. That's McElroy a massive call, Andy. Can you believe he hasn't won a major since 2014? No. Sometimes you've got to stop and look at when and what – I agree, but can I? It will. I'm, I'm on record several times in the history of this mm. podcast saying you've got to win them when you're hot. You've got to win oh, them when you're you hot. You say that a lot. Yep. What Benny Everill just told us about Jason Day a minute ago is yep. a testament to that. You know, Scotty's past forty now. You've got to get it while you can. If you're one percent off at the oh, top of yes. golf, you're toast. Yep. He's not toast, but he's. He's still he's cooking. He, he still performs well in major championships. That's the one thing. He's going to have a week where the driver doesn't let him down. He will have a week, and he's got to win this tournament. I can't, I can't see Rory, Mac, Rory McIlroy's career as a professional golfer concluding without him winning at Augusta. A brilliant driver, the ball who hits it right to left. It should be. He's got be to win perfect. this tournament. Yeah. He has to win this tournament. I just don't see his form being good enough. Yeah. No, amazing. no, that's the worry. It's amazing that we haven't got a bloke who was, um, you know the record-setting scorer in our top three five months ago, Dustin DJ, Johnson. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And that's why, yeah. Andy, I can't have – no offence, I can't have Rory because I don't think he's going well enough. Fair enough. No, no, we'll wait and see. Let's see how, we, let's I, see how we're looking at the end of it. I know we've got to go to a break. We've got to get to I, Gracie I was looking Kim. at yeah. Golf Digest um, yeah. rankings of all 88 players, and as you'd expect, you know, Larry Mize, uh, those sort of guys at the bottom of the field. Can Was-y. you tell me tell me where you think – yeah, Woozy. Tell me where you think um, they've got – Scotty Scheffler, and where they've got uh, Gavin, oh, geez, Gavin, I was nearly said Gavin Kirkman. <laughs> Gary Woodland, I don't think they've got Kevin Gavin Kirkman's, Kirkman's no not playing, is he's he? He's got can't no win. chance. You know, he won't. Where, yeah. they, where they've got Gary Woodland. In terms of power rankings to finish. Power rankings? Oh, they'll have him in the top six. Woodland? Yeah. Okay, I love and him. where have they got Scotty Scheffler? Oh, uh, up, I think. Yeah, 11th. They've got Scheffler 7th. Yep. And Woodland 70, 71st. What? So I know that there's, you know, always gripes about having wasting spots on blokes like, you know, Mike Weir and all mm-hmm, this sort of thing mm-hmm. in the field. Like, why are you doing that, et cetera, which I think is a great part of the tournament, yeah, by the way. Yep. Um, there, there are 60 or 70 people here. If you haven't got the uh, US Open champ of, uh, what, two he years ago. He played well last week. Yeah. He's in the 71st spot. Oh, it's a loaded field. We might have not mentioned the winner yet. That is ridiculous. Yeah. There's every chance. Uh so we'll see how they go. A break. Grace Kim's going to join us next. With Australian Golf Media, you're back inside the ropes. Great to have you with us. Um, we're all interested to um, see, you know, how the whole Augusta National Women's Amateur played out. We had one of our favourites here, Hazy, uh, one of those players that you've made sure that we are aware of, Grace Kim, who was over there and not sure how many times she's going to play beyond this with a bracket, a closed bracket <laughs> alongside her name. Uh, maybe we can find out. Yeah. She lived the experience and um, she's been good enough to give us a few minutes of her time. Hey, Grace, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. 
No, not a problem. It's absolutely my pleasure. So I'm going to assume, you know, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, the scores tell a story that it, that it didn't necessarily go the way you wanted it to go on course. But before we talk about that, just give us a sense of the experience of, um, of playing in that tournament at that golf course. Yeah, well, uh, like from, you know, receiving the invitation to walking the golf course at Augusta, it was just surreal, like, I couldn't have been more happy. Like I was definitely emotional and, you know, upset with the uh, result that I produced. But um, overall experience was absolutely a ten out of ten. Is it? Is it? Over, it's overwhelming for grown men like us who get to go there to cover an event. It's quite. It kind of gets you right inside, deep inside your golfing soul when you walk in there. As a young player, did you? Can you describe the um, kind of the emotional reaction you get to? arriving at that place? Yeah, for sure. Well, like, not that I've... I've got to admit, not that I've actually um, grew up watching the Masters or anything, mm-hmm. but, yeah, just it just felt magical. Like, you know, the drive down Magnolian, uh, Magnolian Lane, it was just... It was just like... Like, I needed someone to pinch me. It was a bit weird at the start. Like, I didn't really take it in as much, but when I was watching the girls play, it was just... Yeah, I was... It was just so dreamy. <laughs> dreamy is a good word. It is a great word. I mean, it wasn't certain that you were going to get there, Grace, so it probably wasn't the best build-up in terms of other tournaments you might have had previously. But walk us through, once you got there, the process. I know you played your two rounds at the Champions Retreat course, but the first time in, did you actually play or did you just get to walk around in the practice round? Yeah, so basically whoever makes the cut plays at Augusta on the Saturday, but um, whether regardless of whether you make the cut or not, we all get a practice round on the Friday. So, yes, I got to play. So give us the gory details. What did you do? Well, like, it was just like I didn't even play properly. Like, I was just, like, taking it all in, soaking it all in. Like, I didn't even focus on my goal. Um, I didn't care, really. I was just... I was just there. So basically just having fun, you know, really, really taking it in. Um, you know, it's once in a lifetime thing. So I know a lot of people um, aren't like, I was so lucky to be able to get that opportunity to play there. So yeah, it, um, I was definitely not playing my best golf there. And did you play off the members tees or the, or the men's championship tees? I imagine they slide you forward a little bit. Yeah, it was it was just a tournament tees. I don't believe it wasn't the men's tees or anything, um, but it was definitely longer than the members' tees. And did you have a local caddy taking you around, Grace, or did you have your own um, caddy on the bag just for the, just for that practice round? Oh yeah, no, like I had a caddy from the start who caddies actually on the golf course of Augusta National, so yep. I was quite lucky enough to have him for the whole week. And and give me a sense, did you? Um, how much did you rely on his reads and or, or their, their reads and their yardages and their um, lines off tees? Did did you um, were you look seeing one thing and and they were telling you another on on multiple occasions around the place? Yeah, I got to admit at times, you know, like it does clash a little bit. Like I'm seeing a left to right, well, and he's not seeing much of it. Or, but overall, he was quite. I was quite reliant on him. Um, he knew the exact lines. He knew my yardages from the practice round, like just that one practice round at Champions Retreat. And um, when I got to Augusta, I was just like, yeah, give me the club. Where do I go? Hmm. How do I hit this? Yeah, right. 
Grace, why did you do it number 12? Because that's the one that usually does people's heads in. It certainly did my head in uh, when I played there in 2013. Could I, I just mention that to Andy again? Paisley like, and I have both played yeah, there. Yeah, we love mentioning yeah. it to Andy just occasionally. Just it in there, yeah, right? they yeah. do it all no, the did, time, you, did you get it over Ray's Creek or not? I did, but I actually went long right. So I Ooh. yeah, sort of stitched myself up. <laughs> What'd you hit? I hit a six. I hit a knockdown six, um, and then I forgot to take into the wind, take into account the wind from behind. So yeah, I went long right. So it's over near but, the third um, tee somewhere. No, just short of it. Yeah. yeah. So any highlight, Grace? Like, have you, have you got a hole that you just gobbled and spat out and said, "That's my little uh, one that I've got mastery of." Yeah. Well, at Augusta, you know how, um, like, I know what, like, I know the history enough to know, you know, Tiger Woods miracle chip shot on 16. So why not? I like, I didn't try the chip shot, but I actually teed up just short of that hazard and like did the skip and run where all the pros do that little challenge. And I said to my caddy just before, I was like, what if I like, I'm the type of one who would miss the water completely. So I just, you know, try to wing this punch shot. And I was happy enough that it went over the water and then it actually hit the pin and it didn't go in. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'd say that would be my highlight. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So what? Ha- tell me, I mean, as much as you want to, and you don't have to give us a blow-by-blow account of what happened, but what happened when you got to the actual um, amateur? What, tell us about the um, your run through the couple of rounds there. Yeah, so um, we were able to have a practice round. We were, one, we were allowed one practice round um, and just one ball basically all throughout the practice round. So it wasn't quite of a great adjusting sort of round. But um, the first round, it, overall, Champions Retreat was definitely a lot harder than Augusta. It was firm greens. Um, the grass was definitely different. It was more like Queensland. So it was like grainy. The roughs were thick. Um, and it was sort of long. And then... The second round where everyone sort of struggled, and especially me, um, it got very windy. So um, in the afternoon, we were quite stuck up in the wind. And basically, yeah, I couldn't really see any of my shots. I It was just hard to make birdies out there. And knowing that, I just kept making bogeys. So, um, yeah, mentally, I wasn't quite there. And um, technical issues a little bit, but it was definitely tougher than Augusta. Mm. Grace, uh, you've had a tremendous amateur career, Australian amateur champion this year, New South Wales amateur champion as well. Um, when are you when are you thinking of turning to pro? Yeah, well, I do have um, plans, obviously, to play Chew School this year, um, and it'd be probably around that that time. I'm not exactly sure the exact date um, of me taking that professional leap, but. Um, Hopefully, it'll turn out to be this year because I'd love to be on tour now. Well, we're all looking forward to it, Grace. Um, we've been following your uh, ascent through the amateur ranks, largely via Mark Hayes' correspondence um, and others, of course. But we're excited to see what you've done as an amateur. It's a storied career, and we can't wait to see you join the ranks of you know the other great Australian women out there flying the flag. Um, thanks for joining us on the show today. Good luck with everything that comes your way in the uh, in the coming days weeks, months and years. Thanks for thanks for your time. Thank you so much, guys. I really enjoyed it. Good on you, Grace Kim, joining us. That's awesome, Andy. Thanks, yep. Grace. And I, I just want to wrap up the tournament, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I just want to make mention of why it's important for um, 
people around Australia to get out and see some of the amateur tournaments as well. Yep. The winner is uh, a Japanese player called Tsubasa Kajitani, who won with a par on the first playoff hole against American, I think her name is Amelia Migliaccio. Um, so I just want to re- make reference. Tsubasa Kajitani was the runner-up at Avondale last year. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure she was. Uh, yes, yeah, so she's 17, and she was runner-up in January 2020 yeah, at right. the Avondale Amateur. Yeah. So if you're just sort of thinking, where well, oh, there's not much golf on, um, guess again, and yeah. get out and back it, because you never know where the next world champion is, because honestly, they're so close, some of these girls and guys, yeah. at these uh, Australian amateur events when you get the chance, because it's the next generation for sure. Yeah, it's a very good point, and it probably underlines just how, um, what, what sort of status there is afforded to some of the premier amateur events in, in the Asian neck of the woods now through dent of a couple of big Asian tournaments, amateur events around the place. But Australia probably gets caught up in the wake of that a little bit. Well, all the um, the Thai girls and the Japanese mm. girls and Korean girls, for that matter, often have a bit of a, um, you know, a dig in Australia at some point. She was also playing very prominent in the Australian Amateur Championship the year mm. before. So, you know, young girl... Not much, uh, I guess, press for want of a better term yep. before she gets here. But you could see in you know in her results and and the way she went about it that there's something special. And now she's got arguably the the one that all the female amateur golfers in the world want to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great to have Grace come on, and we wish her all the very best. A break, a few other bits and pieces to get through on Inside the Ropes. We'll do that when we come back with Australian Golf Media. You're back Inside the Ropes. Great to have you with us. Just a couple of bits and pieces before we wrap it all up. Um, great to have Grace on the show. Did you read the – in fact, I know you didn't because I just asked you in the ad break whether you did. There's a piece in Golf Week, I think it was this week, about several of the young women who played in the Augusta Women's National, National, National Amateur. Anwar. The Anwar. Um, a lot of them – and it was about social activism coming to Augusta National and the fact that this is as traditional and conservative a golf club as there is in the world. An organisation – it's more than a golf club. We understand that. It's an, it's an organisation. And a lot of these young women who had, you know, sort of posted things about Black Lives Matters and social activism and voters' rights and gender equity and all this stuff that – is you know part of the broader world conversation, particularly over in America at the moment. You know, they retweeted stuff from you know Coach K at Duke, and and they were asked about it after the round. Which and all these conversations were taking place in the press room and under the tree at Augusta National, and they were all, oh no, I, t- I totally believe in this, and I want to use my platform for change. And um, if I'm here for a short time, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a noise, and uh, the more I can put that out there, the better. And if anyone's following me, I want them to hear it. And I want, and I'm not a black person, but I want black people to know that I'm with them and I see them. All this stuff, right? Why don't the men do it? Because <laughs> the narrative has been controlled. Why it? don't the men do it? <laughs> these the, are these are by and large teenage young women. Can I can I um, can I check with our producer Julian to see whether he's got a, a cash register oh. sound effect in the background? I just. You know, it's yeah. It's a simple, simple answer. Yeah, and yet, and yet, Colin Kaepernick probably made has made more money by not playing football. Well, mm. he would have made a truckload if he had, but he hasn't gone broke by taking a knee. So you, you can't if you do it. it no, but it's you, wrecked his career. Uh, wrecked one of his careers. Well, yeah, he's a footballer. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, but no, you know, I'm making my point. You, you can. 
there, there's a broader, there's another world out there that we, is ready to embrace people who stand for broad Absolutely. and big principle. You know, you might not make mountains of money out of it, but two hours up the road from Augusta, Andy, they tried to put in a um, piece of legislature which is going to make it harder for everyone to vote. Yep, and Major League Baseball shot it down to great plaudits from mm. most of the people. But this is the deep, deep south here. Let's not beat yeah. around the bush. No, no, yet. that's true. But but that's right. And it's golfers. Pro it's golf. golfers. It's pro golfers. Mm. I've got a lot to say about this stuff. We, we don't. We, there's not. Who's been? Did we you haven't know had Lee Elder is uh, one of the honorary starters this year. Okay. Well, which that's is, yeah. which is, is something. That is something. Yeah. Uh, little steps, I suppose. Black player uh, to have played at Augusta National yep. in, the, in the Masters. So. Well, that's something. I wonder whether I wonder whether you know one of the green coats or the green coat. The grand poobar of all of them might have something up his sleeve to say about all of this. What are the chances? Uh, so Fred Ridley mm. is uh, <clears throat> a very wise person. Mm, he is, and loyally. as they're, they're very careful with their words. They know... Very much. Yep. Um, and I would expect that he'd have moderate views compared to many of the other green coats. Mm. But um, whether he's in a position to espouse his own beliefs, I think is very questionable. Yeah, fair point. Um, Andy, have you seen the Sharks oh, Instagram recently? Just keep an eye on that. I showed it to Hazy this oh, morning. I said, Andy will be all across this. The sunset shower, the last one. Have you seen it, Hazy? Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Yes. Mate. You made a very good point about this. So it's so, showing the shark butt. Yeah, so he's, he's, his missus is taking the photo. It's a little beautiful shower, by the way. It's a lovely bathroom, and I'm sure it's a majestic view. For those people who the don't sunset, know what we're talking that about, is, the, the Instagram butt, of Greg, uh, is, it's got a caption as an Andy like 30 years, this is the last sunset shower at Tranquility, which is the house that he has mm. sold yeah, that's in right. Florida, yeah. Jupiter Beach, Florida. Oh. So uh, he, he's oh. decided to show, what, what do we say about that? Oh, this, oh. Is, this is a really interesting position for us, Andy, because... I'm hopeful that in a few weeks' time, might be a couple of months' time, that the shark will join us for his maiden voyage on the good ship inside the ropes. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm just not sure how the questions around his showering. I'm just going to ask him, if he does join us, the first question I'll I'll ask him is, are you wearing any clothes (laughs) when you speak to us? (laughs) Like, are you dressed? I would have thought that just the casual sort of iPhone shot out of his actual view from, from the shower, from tranquility. Yeah, would have done yeah. it. That would have done. Probably it. would have done it, but we, instead we got the full, uh, full Monty. So Westwood won. Our colleagues, when we were doing the radio there, next door neighbours to us, when yes. you and I were doing uh, the feed back to Australia, hazy, uh, they're gone. They've lost the radio rights over there, and it's been taken over by um, some other mob. And Brian Catrick, apparently, I don't know who he is, but he's hosting it up with. Greg Norman. Oh. So Norman's doing radio coverage of Augusta this year. Um, Jeff Shackelford, who I read, you know, routinely, uh, not every week, but but routinely, I did read this on that radio coverage. Sadly, so he's talking about Greg Norman. He says, sadly, he will be with Brian Catrick as their year one radio team following Westwood One losing the Masters radio deal. Between those two, it could be a very tough listen. <laughs> says Jeff whack. Shackelford. Is that right? Whackity, whack, whack, whack. Speaking of tough listens, um, the PJ Tour, uh, players, I should say, um, by virtue of feedback given to Jay Monaghan uh, and other executives from their agents, the players have had no, a win, no. yes, oh. because the on-course microphones have picked up too much stuff. Now, we've heard Justin Thomas, the homophobic slur that cost him the Ralph Lauren gig, um, we've heard some language, some fruity language, and a bloke hits a ball left or right, no problems. Agents have said to Jay Monaghan through, you know, 
conciliaries that the acute nature of the ramped up microphones on course are doing damage to players' brands. They are doing they are doing untold damage to player brand. They are doing untold damage to players' brands, and not they're not worried about the language so much. This was part of the story that I read. They are worried about the sound of the ball going in water. You're when kidding. they fly one into a, into the drink and it, it makes the splash and the kaplunk, agents have said to those in charge that this is humiliating for their player to have errant shots and the noise it makes going into the water. Give me a bucket, Andy. So, so, uh, so Jay Monaghan, the, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, has said, we've listened to your complaints. A, a press release, a release went out to the players. We've listened to your complaints. We've told staff to be on the lookout for aggressively placed microphones. Aggressively placed microphones. I can't. I'm not making this up unless it was an April Fool's Day joke. Aggressively placed microphone. Uh, Look, it's... um, Comment, please. Andy, the players run the tour and own the tour. That's how it's set up. Oh, gee whiz. So they get a lot in their favour. I think we all want to hear it. I think we want to hear it. That's what makes golf. Yep. It's when not Tommy, the two hundred and fifty-five no. yard three iron that three centimeters off a target that flies down the middle of the fairway. It's a dirty snap hook. Tommy that Fleetwood goes into the water, hitting it twenty-five meters left of out of bounds in the um, Dell the WGC match play, and it landed on the roof of some maintenance vehicle and went pating, clang, bing, bang <laughs> through the worker shed. That's good. We wanted to hear that, mm. and we heard it. Won't be hearing that anymore, Blakey. No. What else have you two got? Hazy. Well, I've, got, I've got one to finish. Well, I don't know if it's the one that I'm about to go with, but I just wanted to offer our sincere and deepest condolences to uh, the family of Rod Gurney at the Port Arlington Golf Club, who passed away uh, at the weekend, just gone uh, after being hit by a ball. um, I've not heard this. Yes, unfortunately, just uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Playing partner, Andy. Playing partner, unfortunately. So, So, Hazy, he was up ahead a little bit. That's my understanding. And... The playing partner snap hooks, hits him in the side of the head. He was sick for a while. Yeah, uh, he was got he was, some treatment. Went home, went home for a while. Then back to hospital. At, I think that night, um, hung in for a few days and then passed away. Right. I, I, Andy, I did a straw poll of some people around the Golf Australia office this morning. Uh, no one in that office can recall uh, this happening. It's such a freak accident. There, there have been people. You know, a few years ago there was a. A, a person in Melbourne who was hit by a tree branch that fell on a windy day yep. and, and it and it killed him. Yep. Um, you know, there's been instances like that. I guess there's been golfers who've died on the on golf course, course yeah, with that, yep, you know yep, natural causes. Yep, that on happens. The, yep. I've I've never heard of uh, in Australia of someone getting hit by a golf ball and it's actually taken their life. So that's that's the level of freak accident we're really talking about. No, isn't no, it, absolutely. So, yeah. So. Just, mm. Thoughts with the family there. Yeah, that's, yep. that's a tough one for all the people around the club. I know that he was a much-loved member. So uh, on a brighter note, Andy, um, April, which we've just ended into, is uh, My Golf Girls Month. Yeah, great. Keep pushing this. And, and I want everyone who's got uh, a young woman, girl involved in golf, particularly for the first couple of times that they go around, use on social media, use the hashtag MyGolfGirls and just see where we get to. It's all a matter of... Putting out uh, stories of like-minded young women playing golf to in, 
to uh, help encourage others, their peers, to get out and have a whack. Great, so, great. Uh, Got to make golf cool for yep. girls, don't we? And, yeah, absolutely. And, and yep. the more they see others doing it, you know, see it, be it, basically, is the whole principle here. So um, my hashtag my golf girls all through April, we'll try and share them as much as we can. Uh, it's really important. I, I think this is a really good grassroots initiative. Well, two of my mates who I grew up with, they went to nursing school with a mate of mine, known them for 35 years, decided they want to take up golf, um, and they started having lessons about six months ago, and this week they both were inducted as members at my club. Um, I was happy to Brilliant. be a referee, and they are, they're out there all the time. They're beautiful human beings. They will value add to the club. They'll be loved by everybody within within six months. Everyone will know them, and they'll love them, and... Um, they already feel completely comfortable. Awesome, which is which is a great thing. So. I encourage people to get out um, on oh, get out, just get around on social media. Also, Sandy Jamison, who we're going to have on the program Got in the next it. couple of weeks, He's He's hashtag public golf. Uh, just actually putting out stories, real life stories about mm-hmm. golf too. So, thanks, Sandy. Great effort from everyone in the golf industry. And I think that people are starting to feel comfortable, not just girls playing golf, but actually mm. using their voice to to advantage here, Andy, which is great. And in school holidays, we encourage My Golf Girls, but we also encourage other people to get into golf. So check out on the website, mygolf, uh, sorry, golf.org.au forward slash get into golf, all one word. Um, particularly for women, again, the program's going gangbusters right around the country. Uh, but there's also for all abilities, seniors and just everyone generally. So there's four different categories of getting into golf. Find one that suits you. Get into it. Have a try. No one cares if you can't Exactly. Exactly. Spot on. I'm done, Andy. So am I. Big week. Uh, we'll all enjoy it. Go camo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on board. Go now. any of them. Go any of yeah, them. Yeah, any of them. Uh, good to see you two blokes. Martin Blake, Mark Hayes joining us. Thanks to Grace Kim. Thanks to Benny Everill. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, enjoy your week in golf. We'll be back next week to do it all again here on Inside the Ropes.